Seven Principles of Being a Tent Maker by Homer Trickharton. Homer Trickharton, MA, is the director of the Global Mission Centers and the Global Mission Tent Maker program called Total Employment at the General Conference of Seventh day Adventists, Silver Spring, Maryland, United States. A few years ago, a Seventh day Adventist couple in Atlanta, Georgia, felt a growing burden for the thousands of people living in a low-income housing project. At first, they thought, quote-unquote, the church should do something. But as time went on, they became convicted that they needed to do something themselves. Eventually, they decided to move there with their children. But as they began to make plans, they discovered they earned too much money to live in that government-subsidized housing community. So they quit their good-paying jobs and took lower-paying positions, sold their nice middle-class house, and moved into the projects. Now that is real sacrifice. They began visiting their new neighbors, organizing community cookouts and arranging games and activities for the neighborhood kids. They were tent makers. What are tent makers? The term refers to the Apostle Paul's practice of making tents to support himself while being a circuit evangelist. So, in short, a tent maker is someone who moves into a difficult area for the purpose of mission but does not work for the church. Their work for a quote-unquote secular employer provides for their living needs and gives them access to people they normally would otherwise not be able to touch. We desperately need tent makers, thousands of them all around the world. If we have to rely on church-employed workers, we will never finish the work. There is not enough money, and church employees cannot get the permits or visas necessary to live and work in many of the most difficult places. We need dedicated professionals who creatively find jobs outside the church in those challenging areas. In some parts of the world, we are talking about whole countries that only tent makers can enter. In other places, it is large cities. In highly developed countries, we have towns and villages, high-rise apartment blocks, expensive gated communities, and slums that need to know about God's love. There are thousands of massive businesses around the world without even one Christian working in them. We need to change our perspective and start finding out where members are not living and working. Then we need to begin to intentionally increase the number of dedicated members moving into those unentered countries, cities, communities, and businesses. And most of them will have to be tent makers. Let's look at seven tent maker principles from the life of Paul. Principle one, a tent maker's work will not hurt their witness. In 1 Corinthians 9, 12 and 18, Paul says, quote, if you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. What then is my pay? It is the opportunity to preach the good news without charging anyone. That's why I never demand my rights when I preach the good news. End quote. I was never a tent maker. I worked for the church. When I lived in Lebanon, my residency permit had quote-unquote missionary printed on it in Arabic. So, 
If I applied for a visa to visit Algeria, their embassy in Lebanon would look at my residency permit and say, quote unquote, missionary, we don't want you in Algeria, end quote. But a tent maker could say that they are a teacher, plumber, computer programmer, nurse, cell phone tower engineer, professor, or geologist, and they would get in. Paul had the right to be paid, but he gave it up and preached free of charge so that no one could say he just did it for the money or to keep his job. He did it to gain access to people in places that he could not have reached otherwise. A tent maker's work will, in fact, open doors for witnessing that would otherwise be closed or impossible. Principle 2. Tent makers help stretch church resources. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, Paul says, quote, Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preached God's good news to you. End quote. Tent makers do not cost the church anything. Someone else arranges their visas, ships their belongings, and pays their salaries. The church supports them spiritually, socially, and emotionally, but does not have to help financially. Therefore, tent makers are not a financial burden to the church. In fact, they strengthen the church with their tithes and offerings and greatly multiply the number of witnesses available for the work. Roger, for example, works as a tent maker in one of our difficult countries today. A few years ago, he was returning to his work joyfully carrying a number of books I had given him. It was illegal, but Roger had done this many times before, and each time he had witnessed miracles. Sometimes God helped the customs agent skip right over him without even opening his suitcase. Other times they searched his luggage and just did not see the books. But this time they saw the books. Angrily, they ordered Roger out of line and interrogated him through most of the night, one officer after another. In the early morning, they fined Roger $800 cash on the spot. Then they released him, saying they would be reading these books and get back to him. It was clearly a threat. Roger was scared, tired, and overwhelmed. Why had God let him down this time? These were God's books. Why did God waste all this money and time? And then suddenly a thought popped into his mind. It was almost as if God said to him, quote, Roger, you are right. These are my books, and the money is mine, and you are mine, and so are those CID officers, end quote. As Roger told me about it later, he was rejoicing again. Think of it, pastor, he said. For years, I would gladly have paid for a chance to give books to government officials, and now several of them have heard my testimony and been assigned to read our books, and it cost me only $800, end quote. Roger was, and still is, a tent maker. The church does not pay him, but his witness is powerful in a part of the world where the church cannot send regular workers or missionaries. Principle 3. A tent maker demonstrates that work is not demeaning. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 7-9, to 9, Paul says, quote, We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. End quote. 
One reason Paul worked as a tent maker was so no one could sit around and say, quote, I don't want to be a minister and be employed by the church so that I don't have to work, end quote. Jesus worked most of his life as a carpenter. His hands were rough. He got splinters in his fingers. He smashed his thumb with the hammer. And the way he responded to those situations was itself a powerful witness. A tent maker shows the world the blessings of real work and that being a follower of Jesus changes even the way we work. Principle four, tent makers provide an example for new believers. I am a strong supporter of sending missionaries and global mission pioneers into new areas to start new work. But too often, the only model the new believers see is the minister or missionary or pioneer, someone who is paid by the church. So they think that to be faithful followers of Jesus, they need to leave their jobs and become full-time employees of the church. That is the only model they have seen. Tent makers show new believers a model that all can follow. That of a believer who lives a life, has a job, and shares God's good news through all of it while not being employed by the church. Principle 5. To be effective, tent makers must demonstrate accountability. Acts chapter 14, verse 26 and 27 says, quote, Finally, they returned by ship to Antioch of Syria, where their journey had begun. The believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work they had now completed. Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles too. End quote. Paul reported back to his home church, but he was also working closely with the local churches where he had been sent to labor. Writing to the church in Philippi, he says, quote, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. End quote. Tent makers are not just out there on their own. They are part of the local and world church family and must demonstrate accountability to the body of Christ. Principle six, one size does not fit all. Have you ever tried on something that says, quote unquote, one size fits all? It really does not fit, not with clothes and not in the work of the church either. We each need to be using the gifts God has given us, and we need both church employees and tent makers. One is not better than the other. Paul even switched back and forth between tent making and church employment depending on the needs. One day, in the heart of a sprawling capital city in North Africa, a foreign bank employee stopped by a shop and began visiting with the young cashier. Over the next few months, a friendship began to develop. One day, this Adventist tent maker invited the young man to a Bible study and later introduced him to her pastor, who was working in that city as a missionary. Little by little, the young man accepted the new truths he was learning and joined the Seventh-day Adventist church. He married an Adventist girl from a nearby country and is now a pastor working for his own people. It is because of a tent maker and a missionary pastor working together that this young man is an Adventist pastor today. Not everyone should be a tent maker and not everyone should be a church worker. We need both working together. Principle seven, being a tent maker is not always safe and easy work. In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul gives quite an overwhelming list 
of things he endured, including jail, whippings, being stoned, facing hunger and thirst, and even being without enough clothes. Does that make you want to be a tent maker? People often do amazing things for money and fame. But tent makers may not get much of either. Many times, no one notices what has been accomplished. Often, tent makers do not even get to see that they are making a difference. But in heaven, the results will be clearly seen. Whom shall I send? Not only can tent makers go where church workers often cannot, but also when the church is shut down and the leaders imprisoned or killed, tent makers are often able to continue their work. I believe we are seeing the beginning of a mighty tent maker movement that will sweep through the world and help complete the spread of the gospel so that Jesus can come. Let us keep these dedicated tent makers in prayer as they answer the call to go wherever needed, from Atlanta, Georgia, to the most unentered and most difficult places on earth. For bibliographical and biblical references on this article, and for much more content for pastors and church leaders, please visit ministrymagazine.org.